Strachan and Bell together. There's Cooper breaking through. A chance now. This will be the fourth ball for Aberdeen. And Cooper puts it in with his legs. Well, suddenly it's become a rout. Of course, when things are going wrong against you, you don't get the breaks of the ball. Cooper in with Stewart. He didn't really know where the ball was, but he got the break. And as you say, it's a schoolboy's dream being able to take your time. Knowing that really, all you've got to do is crack it into the back of the net. Hello and welcome to the Here We Go podcast. Welcome back to the show, which has been on one of its uh, relatively regular sabbaticals over the past uh, four weeks, a mixture of, uh, well, life interrupting, really, into matters, but delighted to be reconvening once again with uh, Martin Ingram. Good evening, Martin. Good evening, Richard. Really glad to be back at it. We're we're all we we, we can't complain of a, a too rigorous a schedule. Four weeks rest should be right back at it today. Yeah, we should be ready to go. And uh, equally, but chomping at the bit should be Martin Cleaners. How you doing, Richard? Delighted to be doing this again. Yeah. Yeah, well, no game on Saturday because of the aftermath of Storm Babel. Um, Babel is that right? Um, You'd have thought I'd be paying more attention to these things. Uh, but uh, that meant that the game with Dundee on Saturday evening was postponed, um, given that there was a red weather warning in place covering a large part of the area between Dundee and Aberdeen and the main road between the two cities was closed. I don't think really there could have been any other conclusion reached about Saturday's game. Um, it does mean that that game, plus the... Um, game I think it's against Livingston that's due to be played in the semi cup semi-final weekend and then also hopefully um, the game due to be played in the weekend of the League Cup final um, we're going to have to push those into the next into 2024 because the obviously the schedule between now and Christmas is busy and um, we go again on Thursday night against Pauk of Greece in the Conference League but Let's take the opportunity tonight to take a look back on well the kind of month that we've missed, yes, but also the season to date to kind of where are we now edition because I think we're beginning to get a feel now for this season and I think this team as well, you know, rather than being judging players on the back of a couple of games, I think we're, we're able to discern a little bit more about how they're fitting into the system, how they're fitting in in alongside their teammates after what was obviously a summer of considerable upheaval. So the bread and butter stuff, um, Martin Ingram, the, the league campaign, obviously you look at the league table right now, you see us in eighth, which is decidedly not where we want to be. Albeit the table right now is one distorted by postponements, and of course, as always, halfway through the campaign, it's a table also distorted by the fact that some sides have had both games against uh, Celtic and the Rangers, some sides haven't, some sides have just had one, etc. We've played both of them, one win, one defeat, which we'll come to the win later on. But at the, as things stand, eighth in the table, 
six points off St Mirren, who currently sit in third. Um, what's your assessment on of the league campaign as a whole? And maybe thinking back as well to the two games that have taken place in the league since we were last uh, on this podcast. I think looking back at the season as a whole, the the perspective of it has changed greatly. I think mostly due to the result that we got at Ibrox, a fantastic 3-1 win at the place that every Aberdeen fan probably wants us to win the most. Um, because not just was it a valuable three three points, but I think it was an unexpected three points. Um, we, we obviously go into every game hoping hoping to get the win, but I don't think many people were genuinely expecting it going, going into the game. So... As you say, where, where we are right now, considering the start to the season we had, because it was a particularly slow start, um, particularly results like the the nil nil draw away at Livingston, um, and I think the, the the most egregious one, losing two nil to a, a managerless Hibs team, where they were they were pretty. That was probably the poorest result we've had so far. Um, but that that three points. So not only did it obviously boy everybody just with the the result on on its own it's it's put us back into a position where don't get me wrong eighth eighth place in the league table is definitely not what what is not going to be tolerable at the end of the season if that's where we ended up but if we hadn't had that three points in the bag i think i think that puts us right back to you know i think we're in, we're in 11th at that point it would, it would only be st johnson which is above us um and I think the other unfortunate thing, it, it just shows you how volatile it is to try and assess things in terms of where you are in the table this early in the season, because as I say, without that three points, you're 11th. Where we are right now, we're 8th, but the last game that we had where we eke out it again, we're all so naive. I think I, I, I went along to that game thinking, oh, fantastic, an opportunity. If we win that game, in fact, if we'd won it by a couple of goals, we would have been sitting in fourth place right now and all, almost almost exactly where you'd want to be given the start of the season. We had no, knowing that we were always going to be curtailed in this part of the season by having a pretty heavy European schedule to contain with as well. Um, so having kind of got that opportunity to put ourselves right right back in the mix for the European spots next season it was galling but you know how, how quickly we forget how awful Aberdeen St Johnston games always are and again I think there was a statistic I was listening to Radio Scotland when I was walking in and they were saying that I think there's in the last five or six years you know all but one or two of the games have been two or less goals, and um, we 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 all know the kind of fare that we're expecting to get in in relation to that. That game was no different. Absolutely horrible weather, uh, and and up against a team that basically uh, ground ground us out for a nil nil goal. And don't get me wrong, the it's it, the onus is on us as the home team, and I think we'd all agree the better team to create enough opportunities to be able to convert something, but we, we simply just weren't good enough on the day. So um, eighth place, it, it, it could have been worse given where we were earlier in the season. It could have been a lot better if we'd converted a, a result that we really ought to have expected to get, you know, a home game against the, the bottom club in the team. So there's been a lot of opportunities missed along the way as well. But we, I think we, we've often spoken about this beforehand. I think you, you it's probably the most fair on the team to to judge where they are in the league table once you've had an opportunity to have played everybody in the league and once you're 11 games in i think you get a much better idea of or, or, or early indication of where you are compared to all, all the other teams and i think that especially given the fixtures if we were to pick up and you know obviously ideally if you get all three 
all three wins, you're on 18 points. But I'd say if you if you were if you were to end up in say 15 points at the end of that run of fixtures, then we w- we won't be too far away from it. And 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 you say as you say the, in terms of the front runners for third place at the moment, um, you've got St Mirren on on 15 points, six points ahead of us. But in terms of maybe some of the more realistic um, competitors. Um, and and, and uh, that's maybe a bit disparaging at St. Mirren. I think they are a realistic competitor, obviously. I mean, they're they're by far the front runners right now. But um, the teams the teams that we have competed against um, in in the likes of Hearts and Hibs, we're we're actually above Hibs with a game to with a game in hand. We're only two points off of Hearts, so um, you would you, you would like to think that if we kick on with a uh, a more uh, expected run of results throughout the the course of the season, then we we should be back where we need to be. Uh, yeah, Martin Clunas, it's um, it has been a campaign of highs and lows already. There, there were certainly, as Martin's pointed out, some pretty poor performances. I'm thinking Hibs at home, I'm thinking away at Tynecastle, which is pretty pitiful. Um, away at St Mirren, that was daylight robbery that we that we managed to steal a point away from there. And then you go and you win at Ibrox. Um, certainly, anyone of our generation who endured that ridiculous spell of 26 years without winning will never ever underplay the significance of uh, getting a victory down there and if you've ever been in the away end when we win down there then you know how much it means you know how how lustily we celebrate a victory like that and that was a a controlled comfortable performance as we obviously put the seal on Michael Beale's reign as Rangers manager I'm not taking anything away from the performance because I thought we we were excellent. Um, yeah, they were a mess. At, they are well. I know they've got the new manager, but they were a mess at the time. Um, but that's not our problem. Um, the better team, simply the better team, on that day won the game. Um, and I will absolutely, if you any time you offer me a win and three points at Ibrox, I'm going to rip your hand off for it. Um, I think it's probably just because you know they, as usual, when you're there, they see a little bit more of the ball than we do and I think that played into our hands we were able to be we're able to do what kind of Barry Robson is kind of I think he's got the, t- the team doing it well where we can get in people's faces um, and we can compete against them it's it's when we're coming up against the big air brackets so-called lesser teams that we're, we're we're coming up a little bit short in in being creative but that's something that's something that needs to be worked on and I say I mean that's why, as you rightly say, it's been a it's been a season so far of of ups and downs. Um, you know, some some really poor performances. And you're right, you you those three you, you mentioned there, Richard, especially, um, despite the fact that we got the point again a point against St. Mirren, it really was, it really was re, you know, very very poor. It's kind of taken the rough with the smooth, isn't it? You know, where we can we can compete. We know we can compete with with the with the better teams in the league. Um, as Martin you know, mentions, there, you know, St Mirren are the form team right now, and they're you know, they're a little bit ahead of the rest of the pack. I don't I don't want to be too down downhearted at the moment because we're on nine points. Um, you know, Hearts are in fourth; they're only two ahead of us. It's it's one of these it's the table at the moment, whereas it seems that you know it, it it will it will be shown shown as it always does that pretty much everybody is capable of beating everybody else. I mean. Okay, we drew with we drew with St Johnston, who are rooted to the bottom of the table. I think they're four or five adrift a county, uh, but for the the rest of us, you know, um, you know, 
you know, Rangers are Rangers are you know, about, I think seven or eight off a Celtic as well. So they're they're you know, probably gonna gonna be be stuck them stuck in a space themselves. So we just need to concentrate um and concentrate on picking up picking up good results. Try to be a no. We need we need to work out, and I'm sure we're going to come to it as well. Obviously, we'll discuss some of the players and um, how to get the best out of them. Because um, I think in terms of creatively, we haven't really been able to get the best out of out of some of the midfielders. Um, and against the the, the other teams, um, you know, like your your Livingstons, you no Dundee obviously we haven't played them, but no Motherwell, Kilmarnock will be playing on Sunday. Um, that's that's really the is the kind of is the priority now because we've got a, we've got a, you know, a tough run coming up, um, the end of this month and next month as well. So that's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what he does there. We're going to have you know I yet know we're going to be playing Celtic and Rangers as well, but we need to start picking up results and finding a bit of consistency. This idea, Martin Ingram, that uh, you know we're a side that's now competent against stronger teams, um, but struggle to break down. Uh, some of the weaker teams, particularly at home, I'm not sure that's truly borne out yet by results. I mean, Hibs, to be honest, have had our number for most of the last couple of seasons, and when they won at Pitodre, I don't think that was a case of us failing to break down or or step up against a against a weaker team. Similarly, when we go to Tynecastle, or right now, to be honest, it would be remiss of us to talk about going to St Mirren, a side who've been in really excellent form this season. And, and suggest that they were a weaker team than us. There was that very convincing win against Ross County, um, which came in the aftermath of the good display in Frankfurt, followed that up with a decent battling uh, win at Dingwall in the Cup. And, you know, away wins have been in such short supply that we shouldn't turn our noses up at that, even though the nature of it up against 10 men for a lot of that game was uh, probably not the most encouraging. Um, I think the bigger concern right now for me is still the away form, as opposed to the breaking down the so-called weaker teams. Um, would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree with that. But I think that that's not anything new either. That's effectively what the issue has been for the last number of years. And and again, it's not. Let's let's, let's be realistic. It's not. It's not an issue that's unique to Aberdeen as well. I think that. Uh, most of the teams in the league, if you look through their, compare their home and away form, and, and certainly immediate competitors, like, I mean, I think, you know, likes of Hearts would be in exactly the same boat as us, incredibly strong at home, but, um, you know, not 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 many convincing or away performances, not a lot of points following up on that either. So, but looking at where where you would see a successful Aberdeen team going forward, that's the one area that you would really think we could you know, claw well at the moment claw back points on our rivals or, or specifically teams like St. Mirren. Uh, but but potentially, I mean, I mean, realistically, I would I would see I think where most of us would want to see us is actually, you know, distancing ourselves from the rest of the pack, being at, at worst the clear third best team in the league, and 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 again with with uh, a Rangers team that's in a bit of turmoil. Um, you know, it, it shouldn't be completely out with our possibility. You know, to to actually give give them a run for their money but that that wouldn't won't happen without a consistency of result that we simply haven't been able to produce other than in certain stretches and obviously the, the that 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 immediate run of matches just after Barry Robson came into interim charge the second time around is probably the best example of that so we've managed to show that kind of ability to 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 run off uh, a sequence of results in 
in, in, in a short burst, but we really haven't shown that on a on a consistent basis. And um, I think that goes hand in hand with the performances, because again, you look at the 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 the, the away performances, the 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 result at Ibrox is really the the outlier in relation to that. As as you said already, uh, Richard, a, a really terrible couple of performances uh, against you know immediate rivals of ours in St Mirren and and and, and Hearts. Um, uh, and you do wonder. I mean, again, I think a lot more question marks were put forward in relation to the manner of the play that 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 we took to Tynecastle. Um, a lot of that kind of you know effectively giving up on trying to play football and just hoofing the ball up the park to players whose whose style of play isn't really about that at all. Um, but then I mean the submitting performance again. I mean again, you're absolutely right. And everybody, everybody, I'm sure in in our support would agree that's a that's a match we didn't deserve to get anything out of, and somehow we've managed to snatch a point at the end of it. So in that respect, it comes back to performances, and you would you would hope um, that performances away from home against the likes of Frankfurt and Rangers show that certainly against teams that are you know either comparable or potentially better than ourselves, we've we've now struck upon uh, a system and a style of play which is really successful, being compact at the back when needs be, but when when we are in possession and when we get the opportunity, it's really encouraging to see the way, again, Barry Robson's favourite phrase, transitions, but it's absolutely right. I mean, uh, a, a mark of the goals that we've scored against Frankfurt and Rangers in those games were, you know, there were five or six players that were getting up in and around the penalty area. Um, the, the 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 second and third goals, I think, against Rangers were really emblematic of that. That they weren't getting scored on the first opportunity. There was a shot that was coming in, but you know we had enough players coming forward that when the second and then, if necessary, third opportunity was was happening, we were able to get on the end of that. So that that seems to be. Uh, a, a good starting point and blueprint for how we might want to play and how we might want to approach those games. Um, again, it might be slightly different when you're coming coming back to starting season if you're playing the kind of Livingston team where it's maybe more about they're basically just trying to effectively, even though they're home team, they're, they're, they're maybe trying to stifle the game in the way that, that, that they want us to play. That's maybe a different challenge again. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't think, I think for like, you're looking at home games. I think the the Ross County game showed we're we're still a team. And again, I think we've always been. Even if you're going back through the the good winning glass kind of times, we we are a team that if things click on the day, we're more than capable of putting three or four goals against teams that that are in the kind of the the, the, the lower reaches of the Premiership. I think I wouldn't be drawing too much of a conclusion out of the St Johnston result alone because we know what the St Johnston games are like. The weather conditions were absolutely awful, and and sometimes you'll get that where you just have a game where you just don't quite generate enough chances to to see through the the, the, the result. Th- those games do happen. I'm more concerned or, or more interested in making sure that the team is consistently putting a level of performance on the, the, the pitch. Um, and, you know, you can't always control the outcomes of that in terms of the results. But if more often than not, if you're continually producing those kind of performances, the, the, the Helsinki home game would be the good example. I, I, th- I think that's a game where, um, again, if you played that game 10 times, we'd probably win that game six seven times i thought the performance was really good we're 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 generating a lot more of the opportunities 
sometimes the results just won't go your way. But that's that's the way that I want to see Aberdeen approaching those games. That's the performances I want to see. And if you're getting those performances, then more, more often than not, you're going to be getting the goals from that and the results will come from it. So the manager, Martin uh, Clunas, under pressure for the results early on, but also the style of play. Now, something that Martin and myself spoke about um, when we've been on was the early pressure that he was under. How did you feel about that? And did you feel it was justified and or exaggerated? I, I always think that though a little bit of pressure, I don't, I don't think does anybody any harm. I mean, you know, he had that very good run when he was given the caretaker role that tailed off when he was made permanent a little bit. Um, and I think there, no, there's always going to be a lot of pressure um, being Aberdeen manager. We've seen that with Goodwin, we've seen it with Glass, we've seen it with McInnes, we've seen it with everybody um, in living memory, in living memory, um, you know, has been, you know, that I can remember as always, the manager has always had some sort of pressure or he's always had, you know, a section, it doesn't matter how big or small the section is a section of people who are who are unhappy with the style of football or something um so i think he's going to he's always going to he's always going to feel that um i don't think he i don't think the manager really helps himself with some of the the post match stuff i think you know just um anyway coming out and talking about you know how many shots we've had in previous games and all this kind of stuff um i think that that does put him under pressure from the support anyway uh, but all that really matters is the truth is all that really matters is, is getting results. That's what put, yeah, the, I mean, the poor results put him under pressure. What the, the fans think doesn't really no. It, the it interview matter. stuff it doesn't really matter, does it? The well, interview yeah. stuff. Surely we've we've gone beyond that. We've come out with two managers who who could speak very well in interviews and um, you know maybe mask their shortcomings in that in those scenarios. Yeah. But you know we've we've come we've arrived with a manager who has actually achieved something, you know the sort of thing we've been hoping to achieve for a couple of seasons now yeah. with that tangible reward in the back. Surely we should be pressure for the performances, absolutely, but pressure for the stuff he says in press conferences. Surely we we need to evolve beyond that as a sport. Oh, absolutely, but but it's but it is there, you know, um, just simply by following. Following the the replies on, you know, I mean, people you speak to replies on social media, replies to things we put up on social media as well. And I know social media is a very small microcosm of the actual Aberdeen support, because you know we don't have whatever it is, fifteen thousand, however many people you know they say are at the games, you know, um, reply reply to every single tweet. So I understand that, uh, but the thing is, the interviews, all this stuff doesn't really matter. All that does matter is is the results, and because we've had some poor results and some poor performances, I think that is bringing on a little bit of pre- a little bit of pressure to him. Um, I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's, it's any anywhere near some kind of silly tipping point, um, but it is, you know, there there will be there will be pressure there because we've had you know, get losing losing to Hearts, losing to Hibs, uh, in the in the manner that we did as well. Um, is gonna is gonna like you no know, is gonna get people's backs up. They're gonna want to see better from. They're gonna be want to see better from him. Um, you know, we know find that there's been a lot of investment in this Aberdeen team. We've got some good players, and we know we've got some good players. That's that's a thing as well. Where you know we'll come we'll, we'll, like I say earlier, we'll come to the squad. You know, we get Clarkson, Mayowski, Duke. Try to try to get you no know, try to find to get the best form back out of Duke. 
is you know, something he's going to have to try and work on as well. Um, so I think it is, it is something that puts pressure on him. I'll, just to go back, I wanted to ask you something there, Richard, because obviously you spoke to Martin there about the, the away form being a concern um, or the away form being a problem. It's like, right, we're away at Colmarnock on Sunday. We're not at home again until I think it's the 26th of November. Um, so like, are you, does that, should, should we be concerned about that then? I mean, or is this the perfect opportunity to put a run of a waveform together? I mean, we've got Motherwell, I think it's Motherwell, Hibs at then, Hibs at Hamden, Pauk, Celtic, Celtic away. So that's, that's a, that's a pretty tough run, all away games. Um, should we be worried? Are you worried? Yeah, I've not sat down and looked at it in that way. Uh, I mean, for me, it's the, you know, what's coming up for us is the excitement of another European game on Thursday and, you know, the the opportunity to reach a cup final. But you look at those games and maybe you're thinking on paper, well, uh, it kind of almost feels like the run of games that we had when we came back from the World Cup break last season under Goodwin, you were thinking, OK, we've, we've navigated the first half of the season pretty well, we're in third, but those were four games when we come back, which we didn't look very well equipped to deal with. And yeah, a lot of the games in the upcoming fixture list, we don't look that well equipped to deal with. Away to Kilmarnock and away to Motherwell next week. Uh, Aberdeen teams, and this obviously comes with a level of arrogance implied to it, but Aberdeen teams should be going to these venues and winning. Now, Aberdeen teams haven't been doing that over the past couple of years, but as Martin correctly points out earlier in the show, neither of Hearts teams, neither of Hibs teams, both of whom should also be winning at these venues. And it's not easy. It's not easy to go and play against teams with differing tactical styles, different setups, different pitches, as we know at Kilmarnock. It's not easy. We wouldn't expect it to be straightforward. We wouldn't expect it to be easy. But yeah, this is a run of games that could make or break. I think we've already had games this season and runs this season which felt like make or break for Barry Robson, which I have to restate. It feels ridiculous to be talking about that given he was only appointed permanently about, what, 13 league games ago. But but yeah, there's, there's a deep concern for me about, about how we haven't really resolved the away form and some of our poorest performances have been generally speaking, away from home under by Robson. And there's some big games there. As I say, it feels like Hibs have got a number a little bit at the moment. And that's, with the way that competition's opened up, with you being unsure of, um, you know, how the Rangers are going to develop under a new manager, with Celtic being knocked out, that feels like a really big game, that semi-final. And I think that's the one that's going to probably shape this first half of the campaign more than anything else right now, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, but if we can move on from the league form then, let's talk about the League Cup because I, I think last time we were on, it was just before that Ross County game in the League Cup. It, it certainly wasn't um, a win to write home about, much like the game against Sterling in the round before Martin Ingram, but it was... One we navigated through, um, goals from Esther Stockler getting his first for the club um, and a tremendous strike from Graham Shinney getting us through that. Semi-final against Hibs coming up in a few weeks' time. Uh, it, it feels like the sort of minimum that was required was to get to the last four of this competition, especially after our last outing in a domestic cup competition, which will 
take a while to get forgotten about. Yeah, and I think you've nailed it on the head that that is in reality going to be the most important game out of that run of fixtures. Um, it's fantastic the the European matches that we're getting involved with, but I think everybody's realistic that if we if we somehow manage to conjure a, a set of brilliant results that could even get us vaguely in contention to qualify past Christmas, that would be that would be probably beyond everybody's realistic expectations. I wouldn't go quite as far as to say we're happy to be here, but there there is a there is an element of that as well. Or 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 at least if if things did go south, it wouldn't. It, I don't think it would be anything that um, uh, dandies would be. Horrifically shocked by, um, and again, in terms of the league campaign, you could probably again nobody's wanting us to continue to have a kind of a, a sketchy period of results, but in reality, you could probably still bear um, some patchy performances over the next month or so, and still not completely run ourselves out of contention for later on in the season. Again, what we saw last season is evidence enough that we were. Well, we don't want to leave it as drastic as that this time around. We we have shown that. Even as late as January, February, we could have been in an absolutely awful hole and still still have time to recover. So in in the here and now, and again, this is the thing that we always come back to: um, European football is an achievement in and of itself, but the only real achievement, the only real success, is silverware back in the cabinet, and that's where especially in a situation where, as you rightly said, one one of the things that you have to say for, I'm particularly I'm thinking Derek McInnes' tenure in charge is a lot of the time he his team were doing almost everything you could reasonably expect of Aberdeen team. I don't I don't really remember other other than I think maybe a, an early knockout to, to to Hibs when they were still in the in the championship, I can't really remember an egregious exit from a from a cup competition that time. Albeit we were a few penalty shootouts away from some very embarrassing results early in that tenure, um, but a lot of the time we were getting as far as you could realistically expect, and we were just running into uh, a particularly a, a juggernaut of a Celtic team at, the, at that time of the the kind of Brendan Rodgers zenith. Um, and while again we'd have obviously loved to convert. What, at least one of those opportunities. I don't think anybody would have said, you know, it's not unrealistic that Celtic would have beaten us in those opportunities. It was just a bit galling that it was repeatedly happening again and again. The ones that the ones that you always look back on are the ones where uh, the likes of Celtic are out of the tournament and and the the opportunity opens up. And I'm thinking, you know, I, I don't want to don't want to cast over the coals too much, but. I remember I was at Parkhead the the night we won our cup quarterfinal replay that saw us go on to a, a semi-final against Queen in the South and, and a potential final against a Rangers team that had pretty much knackered itself out in Europe. Um, Christ, I thought you were going to give me St. Johnson in 2014, but you go back well, to I, Queen I, of the South? I was, I was going to come to that one as well, and but, but there are examples where the, the door had opened and, okay, obviously... Hibs aren't going to be. That's not going to be quite as cataclysmic as Queen in the South. But um, I was going to come to the St Johnston opportunity as well, where the 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 the, the when the pathway is opened fairly or unfairly, I think you, I think that Barry Robson will actually get worse criticism than it would probably merit if we don't 
at least manage to get past Inhibits and get to the final, but probably if we don't manage to go ahead and convert from now, because we we know how rare the opportunities are where um, one half of the gruesome twosome have effectively been taken out of the equation for us. Um, we will go into that match, like it or not, as favourites. Um, we are we are above Hibs in the league. They are probably still in more of a tumultuous situation than we are at the moment. And I think the expectation, fairly or not, and not fairly or not, I mean, rightly, again, we are going to go in as favourites, so we should be expecting to go and, and win that match. So I think that will be, for all, for all the talk of, you know, where people disgruntled, under Barry Robson for that period of, and I, and I totally agree, it was way way too short a period of time to be getting on 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 Barry Robson's back at that point, especially given, as I say, he's one in a few examples in recent times of someone who's actually brought some form of tangible success. But as I say, there's success, and then there's winning silverware. And um, again, I, I hate to be the one to remind people, but by dint of the fact we didn't win silverware last season, we're now knocking on the door of 10 years since we last won the League Cup in 2014 now. So we we all remember how painful it was waiting 19 years for another tour, another trophy. We're, we're already past the halfway mark for that duration. So given given the opportunity which is in front of us i think it's it's actually i think it's huge pressure on the team in order to deliver and again they they ought to be going in as favorites um i think we should be doing the business but there's no guarantees no there's absolutely not and um as i said i do just recent matches against hibs have not been kind there's been obviously that uh defeat at Petaudry earlier this season um, but there was a game at the tail end of last season when we were going well and uh, we were very very fortunate to escape with a point that day and then of course the time before that well it was 6-0 so um, mm. yeah things have not been going well in our encounters with them lately which is a reversal from what we're used to expect in those games um, so that's domestic action covered. Europe, we've spoken about Frankfurt going better than anyone, I think, really expected. But still, still a defeat. So we don't want to get too Tartan Army glorious failure here. Um, but still a defeat. Um, encouraging, and it felt like we took that performance level into the domestic games, at least for a few weeks. Um Helsinki, Martin. I, I've got to say that felt like two pretty mediocre teams, and and for me it felt like a, a story I've seen before in European games of us just not having the quality in the final third, or more of the composure as well in the final third, to really put a game to bed where we were looking like the better team. That felt like some of the games under Derek McInnes at third qualifying round stage, um, especially at Petaudry, where we've been well on top, but we just haven't been able to land the knockout blow. Yeah, I would I would agree. I, mean, I wouldn't go as far as to say mediocre, but I would definitely agree with the rest where, you know, just there was long spells of that game where I thought I felt we were, we were well, well on top of them. And just it was... Just about you know converting, converting that one final one final chance, um, which you know was seems to be 
seems to be something that unfortunately is going to be a is, has been a thing so far in Europe for us this season was missing seems to be missing chances that are just the absolute absolute guilt edged. Um, I mean, it wasn't it look it wasn't a, it wasn't a, a great game. Um, certainly, it's not going to be. You know, if if they still release DVDs, it certainly wouldn't be one that they'd be chucking it, chucking extended highlights out on on the DVD. Um, I can give you that for you can you know, get that for free. Um, but you know, I thought I thought I thought we were okay at points. Um, I thought we did you no. Know, I thought we did well you know, at certain parts of the game, um, but it just it just um, like the what what I took away from that game is what I also I am worried about for the semi final. Whereas like I know that we kind of say that no, the Europe really is it's you no. Know, we're playing against some. We're going to play against some good teams, but I think we're probably a slightly better team than Helsinki, or I think we're definitely on a par with them. Um, and I think we should have got something from that game. The home games are ones we need to look at. We we've said that. Um, you know, your best chance of getting points to get if you're wanting to get out of the group is your home games. And I just, unfortunately, you know, the, the it seemed to be that. I, the worry was that the pressure kind of got to the got to the players. Um, you know, big crowd. You know, you know, the European experience, whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to dress it up as. You know, with the, you know, obviously the camera, the cameras there, the fancy, the fancy, the fancy hoardings, all this nonsense. I don't know if it's, I don't know what it was, but just know that they seemed to cope well with the pressure away uh, to Frankfurt. Still a loss, but they, but they did better at home. Um, it just you know, the, that team were there for the taking, and that's really it leaves a bit of a, a bad taste. That was what I, when I was coming away from the game. You just felt we should have got we should have got more. Um, you know, a point, a point's okay, it's fine. But when you saw what you know, what was available, we should we should have beat we should have beaten them, and it should have been three points because, um, you know. I think they only had. I think they only really had one shot. One shot at goal. Um, I'll be honest. So I've not watched. I've not watched the highlights since the night of the game. So um, that might be my mind playing tricks on me. But I'm pretty sure they only had. You know, the one shot and goal. You know, you're looking at you're looking at Aberdeen being, you know, a little bit more clinical in front of goal, and that's exactly what you say, Richard. Um, but and but we weren't. Um, but, but, but and I guess it's just. You know we need to we need to start taking these chances. The top end of the pitch is is where we've got very talented players. No, no, Majowski is no what no Majowski is just excellent. What a player! Um, but we need to try and get he needs to try and find the best way. As I mentioned earlier, he needs to get the best. Try and get the best out of Duke. If he can't get the best out of Duke, get him off the pitch. Get Sockler on there. Uh, you know he needs to. He need we know we've got these European games as well. We've got semi final. Fingers crossed, Touchwood and all that. We'll have a final. Needs to work out how to use the squad, the squad better as well, because you don't want to get to March and April and have you know maybe twelve or thirteen players that you've just ran into the ground. Um, so that's that's potentially going to be a concern as well. But you know, a couple of no, I mean the Helsinki game. Obviously, there's. You know, we can we can piss and moan and you know, go into the minutiae game. I mean, I know it's obviously the the head knock that Duke got, um, which you know, I, I don't know how that isn't a red card, um, but you know, we still had we still had so many excellent opportunities in the game, and to not take them is where that is the worry, really. 
Well, you talk there about uh, about the strikers. Let's uh, let's move on to, to to discussing with the players of the team and the areas of a team. Up front is definitely an odd one, Martin Ingram, because you have Boyan Miofsky, who seems to be taking this game to new levels this season. But on the other hand, strike partner seems to be seems to have fallen off the levels he was at for a large part of last season. Yeah, again, we've spoken about this before, that, and I think it was yourself, Richard, a, a, a while ago that had uh, noted that although at certain spells we've had, obviously, the beginning of last season, Miofsky really did hit the ground running when he first joined the club, and then when Duke started gradually getting introduced and getting more and more game time, he seemed to take off as Miofsky's own form take, seemed, seemed to take a dive. And, and again, this season, that that has oscillated again with Majowski having again a, a good start to this season and, 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 and Duke maybe comparatively struggling and it maybe is indicative of you'd, you'd, you'd mentioned the fact then and I, I don't know if you've kept track of this at all and I really am putting you in the spot now but I think you'd said that although they've been playing together and they both have been scoring an awful lot of goals not there hadn't been many situations of those kind of the strike force clicking, it had only been maybe two or three goals at that time where one had assisted the other. And I can only really think of maybe one or maybe two examples a season where one is one is teed up the other. So at the moment, it does seem to be that we're still in that kind of area where each of them are having spells where they're doing very well individually, but it's maybe, maybe never completely gelled as an actual strike force. Don't know if that's fair to say, but um, I actually entirely agree with Martin. I think if we're in a situation where you've got someone like uh, Miofsky in good form and Duke is kind of struggling for a while, I'd, I'd love to see Sockler get a run in the team. The, everything I've seen from him so far, and again, it's been relatively limited by comparison, but has been the look of a guy that looks like he looks like a a, a natural clinical finisher, goal scorer, and. I, I would I actually quite like the idea of those two playing together. I think they're um, relatively certainly appearance wise very very similar, but again maybe Sockler's maybe got a bit more of physicality to him as well. But um, again, I seem seems very clinical in front of goal and the opportunities that he's had, and it might do Duke the world of good just to be maybe getting you know a, a rest for a game. I know I know I know there's been an element of that where where. So for some of the games where we've been going away from home and playing a uh, a five four one, we've we've been going with Miofsky and, and giving Duke a rest in that regard. But um, you know, it may it may just do in the world a good to be you know to to show that there is actually competitiveness in the squad. And I'll I'll maybe touch upon that again if we're coming to some of the other players that might not necessarily be performing the way they did last season. That you know we've been talking so much about the number of players we brought into the squad. There's a point where and and I absolutely get. Um, Barry Robson throughout his entire tenure being a person that wants to kind of stick with a routine team unless he has to make changes but if we've got that squad and, and this availability of players why not use it and I think it's a great opportunity to to, to those players that aren't getting as much uh, minutes or as many opportunities to give them that opportunity and let's see what they've got and it's it might it might you know to be to be blunt it might give the kick up the bum that some of these players might need as well where they maybe you know off the back of very and you know let's not be around the bush I mean like you know Duke, Duke would be, Duke was our player of the year last season and um you know he, he deserved all all the all the plaudits that that were going but it's maybe not bad to have a timely reminder that 
you know, as as good as it went last season. There's, there's and and as highly rated as he is, there's still not a guarantee to be getting you know week in week out starting football if you're if you're if you're not doing the business. And I think when you were when when Martin was talking about the the Helsinki game. I think the word you use, Richard, composure. That's exactly the, the word I was thinking about. About I, I don't think it was I, I, I genuinely thought that there wasn't a lot, not a huge amount, to fault in terms of performance. Other than that spell, of maybe the first fifteen minutes in the second half, where we really, really, really did seem to fall away from the game, and you know that ultimately ended up inviting the the, the goal that put HJK in front, but. You know, we 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 get the goal, we get the equaliser, and then it's it's kind of like that. I mean, again, I don't I don't want to conflate things too much because they're very different occasions. But like the the three two game against Bayern Munich, you get the equalising goal, and then immediately you get an opportunity just a minute later, and 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 I think we do it as that opportunity where again a bit more composure, a bit more. If I, I, you get the feeling, if he was a guy in better form at that particular time, probably puts the the ball in the back of the net, and and it just isn't quite happening from right now. But again, I'm, I'm, you, you would like to think that eventually he will be able to play himself out of it. But I, I would, I would like to. I agree with Martin. I'd like, I'd like to see an opportunity for maybe trying Mioski and Sokler up front for some of the games coming forward. Something I suppose we have to remember as well is that um, Cape Verde are qualified for the African Nations Cup, so Duke's going to be away for probably like, well, at least I think it's at least three league games he's or he's going to miss it. Um, at the end of January, beginning of February. So, um, if you're not going to give Sockler a chance now, are you just going? To, is he just going to get put in cold or whatever you want to call it after the after the winter break? You're well across of your international football, Martin. Congratulations. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I, I looked at Wikipedia for five minutes before we came on the podcast. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend. I'm not going to pretend I do research, Martin. Come on. <laughs> That would very much go against the ethos of this show. Um, <laughs> the the point has to be, though, I mean, he maybe makes the scores, but, you know, right now is Lopez getting into his international team based on the way he's been playing this season domestically. And I think the answer to that has been no, that he's, he's being called up, but he's not seeing any minutes, um, which would be the worst of both worlds as far as we're concerned, obviously. Um, let's move back then into the midfield and you know I think there was a big summer signing Leighton Clarkson who um, we were all terribly excited to get on board long term deal clearly a, a player who's really really can do really great things with the football um, this is one where you know I think maybe there is a question for the manager to answer because in terms of how he was able to get more out of the player last season. I wonder if maybe the way he's playing him so deep is causing him, because he doesn't have that sort of dual um, block ahead of him. Last season he had Shinny and Ramadani ahead of him. He was able just to sit deep under not so much pressure because he had these two screening players in front of him. And he was able to kind of play the quarterback role a bit more without those two in front of him when it's a more, maybe a more aggressively attacking player in that midfield, say Jamie McGrath, alongside him. It's been a bit of a struggle for Leighton Clarkson this season, hasn't it? Still still showing his quality on dead balls, but um, not really influencing games in the way in which we'd probably hoped when he signed the deal in the summer. No, it isn't. And um, I suppose this, I suppose really what this comes down to is, you know, we're going to, we're going to end up talking about 
you know, why you know Ramadani have not been replaced, um, and you know, I know I know that you, we've we've spoken before about about the kind of the, the way the signing policy is at the club. It's about getting these getting these guys in, and and moving and moving them on. You know, we're not going to expect you know loyalty and for them to stay for a long time, but Clarkson. Is, is is really sorely missing having, as you say, Richard, have, having Ramadani there as well in front of him, just just I guess I, I don't not necessarily protecting him, but just giving him that, that space to operate in. Um, and you know, it's only been no, and he's only been our player you know, for a few a few months now. You know, discounting obviously the loan spell last season. Um, clearly, you know, tons of ability there, um, and it's just about us getting. Getting the best out of him. I mean, I don't want us to be doing, doing what we did, you know, a few years ago, where we're like, no, where we we sat for weeks and weeks, and every time we had a guest on, we would say, so how do we get the best out of Kenny McLean? Um, <laughs> I don't want us to have to do that with Leighton Clarkson, um, and be banging on about it. It's just, I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a conundrum for the manager because he, and he's going to have to come up with an answer um, because, you know, as I said, there's bags and bags of ability there for him but it is it doesn't seem to be that him and McGrath are clicking clicking very well you know Shinny can probably do the same role that he was doing last season when we got the best from him from from Clayton Clarkson but um he's gonna have to try and find a way to to get Clarkson playing and playing to his peak because dead ball's great and he is now and again now and again we're seeing probably once or twice a game he's doing what he did last season where he's, he's picking out these amazing passes he's finding somebody on the wing and just putting this ball putting this ball on a sixpence and we're finding it but last season he was doing that for fun um and we've got we've got you know if, if we're going to be able to put consistency together if we're going to be able to you know in games where we're creating more chances and then taking those chances um then we need to they needs to find a way to get the best out of him and no I'm not a football coach. I don't know how how to how to do that other than you know getting on a plane to Italy and begging Ramadani to come back. Is it all about shape though, Martin Ingram? I mean, how what about personal responsibility for the for the players? I mean, you know, it's not as if there's no effort on Clarkson's part, but you know, every player goes through bad form. Is it is it just that that we're seeing now or? I think it's a, a a big element of it, and I think, in fairness, I think they have tried to address the shape in the midfield. So while again, we'll we'll talk about often the 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 formation being a kind of uh, other than in recent times with the the uh, away games that we've seen in recent times in the in that comment I done earlier, we'll, we talk about this kind of oh well, you know, he's got this set way of playing with the the kind of four. Three, three, or four, or rather, um, sorry, the five, the five, three, two, the, the sort of three at the back, the the wing backs up. But the, the 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 way that the midfield three is playing now, I think, has been different from the way that it was played with at the time that he had Ramadani in. So it's not. I don't think it's always simply a question of would 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 it have been better off had we had Ramadani or you know have we not managed to adequately replace Ramadani in the squad? I, th- I think it's how how are we now wanting to play with the midfielders that we now have in the team? And it's quite clearly that the way that he, want, he, that he wanted to operate that midfield three when he had Ramadani available is very different from the way he's trying to have that work right now with someone like 
uh, Jamie McGrath available. Um, and in, in, in that regard, I think Clarkson just happens to be the person who has suffered the most in relation to the the, the way that's impacted on, on, on his role and what he's expected to do. And I think I've, I've mentioned this beforehand. Again, that, that's why I'm, I'm glad you brought me back in the midfield because I think it's that similar aspect with regards to Duke. I think as, as it currently stands with the way that we're, we're, we're currently playing where you have, it's maybe more so of the two, the two midfielders um, with um, or allowing, if you, or if you want to have a more attacking midfielder further, I, I know it's not, not always been that way. Sometimes it's always, it's been with McGrath and Shinny further forward and, and, and Clarkson still occupying that midfield role. But um, for me, if you've had either the, 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 the holding midfielder or the, or the pivot or however you want to refer to it um, in this particular setup, I think the, the player who's operated far better in that position so far this season has been Connor Barron and, Again, if if you're if you have this size of squad and you're looking to play people at merit, I think Bannon has been more successful in in that in that position than 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 Leighton Clarkson has. Um, it's been it's been interesting when they have tried to rejig that. Um, I, I I think if you were going to be looking at it now, you would then probably question if 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 Clarkson's going to retain that that position in 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 the field. I don't think he necessarily. Obviously, at the top, if you're talking about the ceiling of what he can produce, he probably can produce a a a, a level of passing and a an an incisiveness that probably Baron doesn't possess. But that's at the ceiling of what can do. And again, that's the kind of thing that that's the kind of thing you're producing. At maybe. At the top end of the pitch, maybe once or twice in a match, that can really make the difference, and that's obviously important as well. But if you're talking about the 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 guy who's been more effective and just doing the meat and tatties, running around the park, making himself available for you know, I, I don't think there's any accident that that a lot of the time we've looked more comfortable in possession and more comfortable in progressing forward. It's been a lot of it's down to the fact that I think Barron has just shown a lot more determination to do the hard graft of running around the field, making himself available. You know, and 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 kind of pressing that tempo, and sometimes you, you you need that, and I think I think Bannon has been far more successful in doing that than Clarkson has. So, in that regard, I would be then looking at Bannon in that role with Shinny, and then you're maybe then saying, would you then be potentially looking at if you're going to be using Clarkson at all? Maybe maybe then having him more as a I know he wears I know he wears the number ten, but as as that kind of more conventional ten, the person who's linking the midfield with the with the attacking players. But again, that might be unfair on on Jamie McGrath. When when he first came into the club, I actually I didn't really see him as coming in and being the kind of de facto first choice um a first choice midfielder in the team for us or attacking midfielder. But in fairness, I mean if you're you're if you're looking at performances, he's 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 justified getting that run in the team as well. So um these things will change as well. Again, eventually, Graham Shinney will get some ridiculous red card for something he didn't do, and we'll need to relook at it afterwards. So maybe it'll then be we'll be pressed in a situation that maybe I know they're potentially competing for the same role in the moment, but maybe a setup where you've got Barron and Clarkson playing together as that kind of you know uh, double double pivot and and allowing things going forward might be something that we might look at going onwards. But but right now, again, I'm 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 a, I'm a real advocate of playing people on form and based on the performances and right now I'd be putting bad in the team ahead of Clarkson At the back uh, Mark Lewis, a lot of early season grumbles about uh, the defence in particular but that seems to have solidified, we've got a, uh, a steady back three I suppose back five, certainly the, the 
defenders, the, the central back three, um, have been consistent over the past couple of ga- last few games. Uh, Stefan Gartman's come in and made a, made a big difference there. And um, after a fair bit of early season criticism, I think it's fair to say that Slobodan Rubicic has um, come on to something approaching a game. That would be very fair to say. I mean, you know, I'm still, I'm still a little bit worried about Rubicic that you know, he'd, um, if he could stop, if he just stopped diving in um, in dangerous positions, then I'd be a lot happier. But look. We, from from where we we were and what we looked like, we were we were pretty. You know, I think we we're pretty worried at the start of the season. Jensen, big fan of his. Gartenman, um, yeah, he's 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 done great as well. Um, you know, one of these guys who's appeared and really he's really kind of turned himself into a bit of a fan favorite already, just by just by being no nonsense. Really, just that's what you want. That's what you want to see. Um, and it seems to be that it seems to be that you no know, with. While we're not, while we're not rock solid, um, it certainly looks like that the building blocks are there for for something that we'll we'll see us in, we'll see us in good stead. Um, and because I, I was concerned about the defense at the start of the season, um, you know, we obviously had hopes for um, the arrival of um, Reese Williams. Obviously, Mc, um, Angus McDonald came back. Um, doesn't look like you know. I mean, obviously, McDonald's you no know, missed games. He's really, he's really only made very sporadic appearances. Reese Williams, you know, by all accounts, the you know, the the kind of bounce games or whatever he has played looks apparently apparently looks miles off a of match fitness. Really, not sure what's happened there. Um, so, but, but we've got that. But with the the starting three that seems to be the, the you know what Robson wants to go with, looks good. You know. You but you back that up with um, Devlin on the right, who, um, you know, I was, you know, you taking taking a player from from Livingston, probably taking Livingston's best player off them, really. Um, he's been he's been really good for us as well, really good a- a- acquisition. Obviously, we spoke about his um, his work for the goal um, away at Frankfurt, so brilliant. And um, we can get more from him, um, and so we've. Things are things are looking things are looking good there. I mean, um, do you want to deal with the or daddy a question or will Mark, do you want Martin to do it? <laughs> because if you give it a go yourself, I mean, you talk uh, you obviously spoke about Reese Williams, but yeah. he and Daddy are in exactly the same position, and neither of them have had a first team yeah. minute yet. No, I mean, well, or daddy just seems to be. Um, I wasn't at the Fraser the the game at Petodre against Fraserburgh. Uh, but by all accounts, oh wait, Martin England must have been there. It's an Aberdeen game played in the city of Aberdeen. <laughs> it's, it's it's actually the only I think it's the only game at Aberdeen I did, haven't managed to see all season. So, but I did get I I got I did get an account of how things went in Fraserburgh, and I think it's it's the one thing again. Um, I think back to one of the games I did go a few seasons ago. If you remember the Challenge Cup game where we knocked our broth out. Um, and, and fair enough, they kind of played a secondary kind of string. But I remember watching that, and I think Jack Gurr was involved in that game, and and it was notable that he didn't really stand out, you know, in amongst a team with a bunch of like you know nineteen twenty year olds. And that 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 was certainly the the feedback I was getting is that for 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 those players that were involved, it was perhaps worrying that they didn't seem to stand out in in that game against. And again, you know, all all the 
all, all credit in the world to Fraser, but they're, they're a good team for their level, but against a Highland League opposition. And I found it for a game that I did manage to go to, I had that similar experience watching Reese Williams against uh, Peterhead uh, for Martin. Um, now I'll give, I would, I would personally give Williams still a little bit more leeway in that obviously there, we don't know how serious of an injury it was, but he, there was obviously an injury involved at some point that has curtailed his progress in relation to that. But that has been a while ago now, and um, he has been seeing minutes, and I don't think, I don't think anybody seems to be um, coming back with any more positive feedback from the Fraserburgh game than than what I would have given you after the Peterhead game. Um, the Dadia one's the more perplexing one for me that, again, even in a situation, I think back to the, the, the Hebs game where we, and I say we were pressed into, I could only assume we were pressed into playing Rupesic on the, the right of a back three and basically just left him completely exposed against Ewan, um, who complete, made complete mincemeat of him for 45 minutes and he ended up getting subbed. I'm thinking, you've got, a nominal right back slash right centre back sitting on your bench, and we wouldn't we won't even trust him to put him in in his natural position. You know, he could have he could have played it right back and allowed Devlin to come back in the back three, which is where Devlin ended up getting pressed into um, in the second half. But we weren't even using in that situation when you would have thought objectively this is the time that we would we would play that guy. So um, yeah, it's in, it's incredibly worrying. And 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 while you're right, we've we've we finally managed to resolve that with I'm 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 mightily impressed with both Jensen and 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 Gartman and I know it sounds so ba- I mean it sounds like you know f- faint praise but watching them both they're just competent central defenders um it's noticeable that and and even I'd say even with Rubisic where if you get high ball goes up and Rubisic is at that kind of level where he basically is just you know he is a big unit and you just kind of get your head on and clear it up 10 metres and then they just get the ball back and roll it through. The number of times you'll see, certainly, definitely, I think more Jensen here, but Gartman to a certain effect as well, where balls are coming at them and they're not just heading it clear, they're 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 they're, they're glancing ahead or out to the, to the to the left wing back or the right wing back and, you know, we're keeping possession out of it and it's just, it's just what you'd like to think would be basic competence from good defenders is what we're getting out of those two. And it's noticeable maybe by comparison that we've maybe sometimes not, not got that from certain, certain players that we've drafted in, 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 in previous years, but it's, but, but, you know, at the end of the day, we, we ended up having to get, you know, Jensen Gartenman fairly late in the day. And, and I think in no small part due to the fact that if, if, if the club were being very honest, they, they just didn't get the recruitment right earlier in the season because it does seem to be leaning more towards line that they've they've just missed with these guys. And that is going to happen, but you know, to this extent where they're not even trusted to to perform at all. Um, and as you say, the Hibs game is one such example from early season when Daddy certainly was on the bench or in the building at least I can't actually remember if he's on the bench I think he has he and Williams have both made the squad for a first team match day but <laughs> not recently for sure not recently um, so it's uh, you know this is going to happen as much as you can um, scout players remotely these days and, and trust the data as much as you want this is going to happen where player just comes in the door and just doesn't fit and that certainly appears to be what we've got with both of these two and I'll be interesting to see if um, they're both here because of course they're both on loan so it has you know we are at least spared that element of it. It'll be interesting to see if those two 
here post-January when, well, again, there'll still be quite a heavy schedule, but presumably we won't, with the best of will in the world, we probably won't have European games. But will we have European games? Because obviously Thursday night, I suppose, is last chance saloon. If we're going to retain any sort of competitive interest in this group, I would suggest uh, Martin Clunas, uh Pauk at home. Um got to win. It's a statement so obvious that uh, even whoever wrote Joey Harper's ghost column in the journals last week <laughs> used it. But, um, yeah, it's... The hope was obviously we'd, we'd uh, do a double over Helsinki and uh, be looking to maybe win this game on Thursday and then see if it's a half-assed Frankfurt that turned up on the final day, final game um, already qualified. It's not really turned out like that. Pauka the side sat with two wins out of two. They've already won in Scotland this season it's clearly going to be a difficult encounter. It, it really is. I mean, yeah, they're you know they're sitting second, second in their league. They've won both games. I mean, I know it's only Hearts, but they put six past Hearts last season. Um, it's going to be really, this really season. tough. Last season, sorry. This season. This season, sorry. Yeah, of course. I forgot about that. It was so long ago that Hearts got punted out of Europe. You know, that's what it's just. Um, but yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, it's look. It's going to be, it's going to be really, really difficult for us. Um, like I say, you, you, uh, you worry that we're going to be looking back at that home game against Helsinki and saying that was the game that you no, know, we'd done the business there. It could have got us through. And but yeah, you said it, it is obvious. It is lazy. Um, but we have we have to win. Um, you you got to, you got to be winning your home games in this in these type of tournaments to get if you're going to have any chance of really getting through. Um, and PEOK seem like they're going to be, they're going to be the, the, the team to beat. Um, you know, we all we all suspected it would be Frankfurt, um, which you know is, it's maybe a little bit worrying um, that they're they're going to come here and they're going to have a little bit too much quality for them. I start for us, sorry, I certainly hope not. Um, but it's it is just a case of us. No, we're going to have to be, we're going to have to be in a, on t- really on top of our game. Uh, can't, can't, no, can't be any excuses about being tired for this one, Barry. Um, you know, <laughs> the, the, you know, we've had we've had plenty of rest, um, but we're just gonna—they're gonna have to be right, really on top of their game. This lot are, this lot are no mugs. Um, we've seen we've seen that so far, um, and so we're gonna have gonna have to just—it's gonna have to be all the right things, no silly mistakes, you know. No squandering the ch- chances like we've like we've done against Hacken, like we've done against Delsinki. It just it's, it just got to happen if we, if we want to be in Europe after uh, after the after the after Christmas. Um, no, I'm not going to pretend I've sat and watched loads of loads of Pauk playing um, and be able. No, I've seen, I've obviously seen some of the some of the, the bits from the European games, and I've seen a couple of no a couple other bits that were shown. So it's so, but it's not. It's not like it's going to be. You no, know, we could be undercooked for this sort of thing. We know it, the the players and the manager know exactly what they're going to get from them, um, and so it is just a case of you know whether we wants to match them, whether he wants to sit in, whatever he wants to do. It's just got to be done. It's got to be professional. But we've got to try. We've got to try and get the win. That's the thing. Um, no, there's no glorious defeat in this. No, you mentioned. You mentioned the t- the Tartan Army thing earlier, Richard. Which we're probably going to have to come up with something new now that Scotland are good again. Um, you know, it's it feels a shame to be a shame to be using that Tartan Army thing. Um, but 
that's the thing is there's no there's no glorious defeat, you know. If we all we all we only got beat one 0 at home by them, we probably uh, probably will be us out of Europe if if that happens. So we've got to we've got to get something, and we've got to really have got to get, probably get a win on Thursday. Uh, Martin Ingram, the um, game on Thursday, even accounting for the fact that obviously the the away end will probably be largely empty. It's uh, a good few thousand tickets short of selling out, which to me is a real disappointment and a bit of an indictment on the uh, ticket pricing, especially given the Helsinki game didn't quite sell out either. Yeah, I think that what the club had hoped was in the immediate excitement of group stage football for the first time in well, close to 15 years that they'd have maybe sold a good, a, a, a much larger portion of those tickets before the reality of the results came in. And e- even though we've actually performed pretty well in both of the European games in the group stages so far, the, the I think the honeymoon period is over and the reality sunk in that, uh, again, I agree entirely with Martin, the We'll, we'll realistically probably already be looking back and saying we had to win the game at home against Helsinki to have had a realistic chance of finishing the top two, especially now how, how it's transpired that Pauk have actually kind of emerged as the the, the, the the front runners in the group. I think you could have maybe you could have maybe held out hope if, if Frankfurt had won their game against Pauk in group stage two two or, 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 or second set of fixtures, we might have still been in a position where we'd hope that basically Frankfurt would mop everyone up and and we could maybe kind of sneak in in the back door knowing that I think, I think I'm think i right in saying because we've got, we've got Frankfurt uh, at home last, so we were kind of hoping that they would have mopped everyone up, had nothing to play for and we could maybe sneak in in the back door um, but yeah, a lot that even then that was really hinging on us having at least three points at, at this stage and so I I, I wonder the combination of, as you say, the fact that they, they started out at pretty high prices already, but I think people are now already realising that our, our realistic chances of progressing are, are over has probably hit this fixture in particular. It won't. It, I, I doubt it will impact too much in terms of, I think, the, the, the Frankfurt game being the last game in the group, even even if we might not have anything to play for by then, I think, I think there'll still be enough interest in the opposition um, to for us to get get to the sellout number, or at least you know as near as damn to it. But I think unfortunately this this game in the middle, I think I think failing to to beat Helsinki in the last match is is, is maybe just um, punctures the. Uh, the, the the enthusiasm not 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 in general terms but when you're talking about kind of getting over the top to that kind of you know the 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 17 18 thousand you know once you're getting to those last kind of group the ones that don't regularly come to attend matches um the 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 lack of that being a glamour fixture and and again Aberdeen not realistically being in a position to progress potentially now I, I think I think they've all conspired against us listen we know the club's not a charity obviously martin the club's got to make money um these matches are an opportunity to make money this whole campaign's been we've made a we will make a lot of money from it it, it do you not feel that the the pricing played a bigger part necessarily than um any kind of anticlimactic feeling about this game or because 40 quid essentially for ticket for this one anybody coming fresh off the streets without buying the um the three game deal 40 quid 
for this game. Yeah, I mean that's you know, that is you know, that is that's that's too much for football. I mean, for I, get, you know, I don't care if it's you know I don't care if it's if it's Bayern Munich or Man City or or Barcelona, whoever. You know, you shouldn't be paying forty quid to go to a game of football. To be honest, never mind you know, a European game at Aberdeen. Um, that's far too much. As a man who's a frequent football tourist, you'll be able to tell me exactly how much football at Manchester City costs, of course. Uh, I can't remember. Um, <laughs> I can't remember the lap because we've not, we've, not been down, we've not been down for like two years. Um, but it's, it's um, like I say, £40, 40 pounds for a, 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 a Europe a Conference League ticket for Aberdeen. It's, it's, far, it's far too much. Um, I think the three-game package was 91, 92. Yeah, I should um, say 40 quid only in parts of the ground that we do yeah. you know we cheaper in other parts of the ground and um yeah you were getting 10 percent off your ticket price if you bought all three so you know I, I suppose it felt they were looking after their regular customers a little bit yeah. more but you know surely again part of the attraction of these group stage matches is that you're gonna get a full house you're gonna get a good atmosphere on the ground and you know helsinki did feel yeah there were large spells where the ground was quiet because the performance was subduing I think the atmosphere but you know it, it felt like an occasion um, Thursday night at this point suggests it might not feel that way you're, you're, you're right though Richard in saying that the, the, the £40 at the top end is the issue because again you're, you're okay it will be less than that in other parts of the ground but I'm I, I haven't I haven't looked at what's left but I'm assuming the bulk of what hasn't sold will be the more expensive of those tickets um but you talk about forty being too much. I mean, arguably, you know, going back to this, arguably thirty pounds a lot. And, and you know, you're, you're you're talking like if you, you get getting the three match package, you're still at effectively thirty pound a ticket. That's still a lot to be asking. I I, I I keep going back with how we tolerate, and I get I guess it's just because you know it, football is such a again disproportionately to virtually every other country in Europe is a disproportionately popular in Scotland than anywhere else, and we 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 just accept to pay that. I keep coming back to thirteen pound for a terrace ticket to watch Eintracht Frankfurt, a Bundes a good Bundesliga team that 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 you know, um, and and you're paying three times as much to watch us. And you know we we we'll watch us. We we love us. But uh, <laughs> um, to to quote Manic Street Preachers, um, or paraphrase. Um, but you know the 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 in the bulls Aberdeen fans that will go every game. We'll we'll tolerate that. But again, when when you're looking at that last outreach of fan, you've you've already got the core of the Aberdeen support coming to this game anyway. It's 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 always trying to attract the that those last peripherals, the people that are maybe you know. Hedging their hedging their bets in terms of whether they were want to come along or not, and as you say, when you're thinking about okay, you know, with best world in the world, I mean, again, no offense to Pau, because they're obviously clearly a very good side, but it's not it's not a Frankfurt, you know, it's not it's not one of those named teams, and I think when you're then weighing it up and thinking, you know, and and also it's for a lot of people, it's the it's near the end of the month, you're you're a lot of people are probably waiting on payday, and you're thinking, can I really, you know as a last minute decision, throw 40 quid at this before, you know, the, the end of the month comes around. So th those factors definitely play into it. And, and, and again, the nights are fair drying in. You're going to be, you know, trying to, trying to leave work after, you know, I, we were, we were talking, we were, we were talking about arranging to get this done right now. And I think, you know, both Martin and myself only managed to get to this about half past eight, you know, you've already missed kickoff, you know, on, on Thursday, if you're that late in the day, and I was, I was 
I'm notoriously latchy getting in at the best time. I think I think it's just from being used to my, my days of fanzine selling when you know you're not going to be going into like 10, 10 minutes after kickoff anyway. But maybe a lot of people that went along to the Helsinki game and then found themselves in streams of queues simply just to go and pick up their ticket from the Merklin end before, you know, potentially having to walk halfway around the ground in order to get in and, and get in late anyway. I mean, that's maybe not an, an appealing process to go through in the last minute either. Yeah, um, Sunday, um, Kilmarnock away, difficult enough tie at the best of times, going to be very difficult on the back of Thursday night, no doubt, Sky and their infinite wisdom have decided to pick this uh, almost bolt-on nil-nil to show to the nation on Sunday lunchtime, Um, but if you're one of the Dons fans heading down from Aberdeen, for that, or even frankly, if you're one of the Dons fans from the Central Belt heading for that at a 12 o'clock kickoff on a Sunday, absolutely fair play to you. It's not quite St Johnston levels with Kilmarnock away, Martin Clinus, but I, I, I'm not sure I really, at this point, want to be spending too much time <laughs> discussing <laughs> discussing a Kilmarnock game. Highly professional as ever. No, well, here. look, look. I've told you before. Don't ever come to me and ask me for an opinion on a an opinion on a St Johnston game because I'm just refusing to talk about it. Um, so, and I mean, I'm getting that way with Kilmarnock as well, to be totally honest. Um, because it tends to be average, average fair at the best. At, no, at the best of times. I mean, like, first thing you got to say is, I know. 12 o'clock, on a, 12 o'clock on a Sunday after a, a Thursday European game, you know, Sky can get right in the fucking bin with that as well. Um, you know, it's bad, it's bad enough that it's, no, it's, it's at Kilmarnock. But, Bang goes the Sky sponsorship, Martin. Oh, uh, no. Just, I, was, I, was, I was so looking for, so looking forward to getting to do those videos with Roy Keane and Gary Neville being on their podcast, but I guess we'll just have to get do that another time. Um, look, but... <laughs> I don't want to. No, I don't want to tempt fate by hearing all the hearing all the excuses. But you know, leggy after Thursday, you know, on that pitch, all this kind of stuff. But like, this is where this is where having having extra, having a bigger squad. You know, we've got options. We've got people are available. Uh, is going to come in. You know, so if if we if we if we do get a tough game on Thursday, which it's going to it is going to be a tough game. Uh, we know that. You know, you need you know maybe make some, maybe make some changes for for Sunday and try. And try and get some of the guys who who aren't starting in in the team. I mean, it's going to be difficult. Obviously, their manager has something to prove because you know of who he is. Um, Matty Kennedy and Marley Watkins are there. They will undoubtedly want to have something to prove as well. Um, so it's going to be it's going to it's going to be it would be tough for us anyway. When you add in the factor of those three, um, it's going to be it's going to be even harder. I mean, you know, they're Kilmarnock, you know, aren't. Um, aren't exactly a great side. Um, obviously, they're, they're, they're what, one point above us at the table, uh, but that's more that says more about the about the league this, this season than it does, I think, about them. Yeah, I mean, there has to be a positivity here, Martin Ingram, doesn't it? There has to be a case of right. Let's get this league campaign back. The international breaks are now over. There's a clear run between. Oh wait, the, are the international breaks over? No, there's one in November as well, isn't there? Yeah. Scratch that comment. However, <laughs> there still has to be uh, an indication that you know it's a we need to start picking up these wins in the league, and it should start on Sunday. Well, coming back full circle, it's going to be the thing that if if Aberdeen, if we look back 
at the end of the season and Aberdeen have again comfortably secured third place or, you know, even even better, dare we dream. Um, you're going to look back and say the distinguishing factor is go, going away from home and beating teams that we would expect to beat. And, and this match falls squarely in that. And, and there's an attitude aspect in relation to that. If you... I think I'm a strong believer that if you if you if you go in with the mindset that you've had a really tough European game of two and a half days ago and and you know people if you if you hear words like leggy and tired, it's maybe only you know human nature that subconsciously some of those kind of thoughts might seep in. So I think attitude's a huge aspect in relation to that as well. That um, there's an element of you know, you just have to go in with the approach of we are better than this team. We're going to go out and in, in, in the field and prove that. And I know it's easier said than done, so I don't, I don't want to be entirely naive in that regard. But um, but but the the, the 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 one thing I would say, that in fairness, because we we often talk about what Aberdeen can do, and quite rightly, I mean, we're we're an Aberdeen podcast. But I think you've got to give Kilmarnock their due, and and in fairness, Derek McInnes is due. They've come up with a couple of very notable results so far this season. They 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 won their home opener against Rangers at, at Rugby Park and then of course they, they knocked Celtic out in the League Cup. So they, they they have the ability to win those games. And so that's you know that's we should be giving due respect to the the the, the, the ability that, that, that they have and what they're going to be bringing to the game as well. But um coming back full circle it it all comes back to performance. Um the, the 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 right attitude going onto the pitch, looking 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 to get that right performance to 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 really try and take take a charge of the game and get a stranglehold in the game. Again, if we if it, if it doesn't end up producing the three points, it'd be very disappointing. But I what I don't want to see is another just you know the 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 St. Marin away game, um, the Hearts away game where um, we we're, we're either just kind of meet, meet, meekly kind of bystanders and letting the game pass by us or we're, we're no longer trying to play our style of football and just hoofing balls up the park at the first opportunity. What what I want to see is, you know, a, a, a determination and attitude to play the, the the style of football that we, we want to impose pose ourselves on Kilmarnock because, again, we, we ought to be, the, regardless of the... the, the uh, the European ex- exhortations that will be had a few days previously, we should still be going in that. The better team, Martin's absolutely right. If it needs a freshening up of one or two players, and I'm sure that can be done as well without potentially weakening the, the, the side that we're putting out. So um, let's take the approach of if we take care of the business and we play to our capabilities, it, it should be in our hands. All right, good. Coming full circle, that's very much uh, a byword for this podcast, I think, uh, as we basically eat ourselves. Right, um, so that's our show. Um, First one in a few weeks, and uh, I hope we've covered the the intervening gap sufficiently. Um, We'll try and be back next week, another busy week with uh, the game at Motherwell popping up midweek, so uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm not optimistic, but you know, (laughs) we'll see. Um, My thanks, Howard, for joining me tonight to Martin Cleaners. Cheers, Richard. And to Martin Ingram. Thanks again, and don't worry about not being too optimistic, it's the northeast way. Right, and... um, well, let's be optimistic for Thursday night against Pike of Greece, a Pataudry, and come on you Reds.